Yeah, I know. It's just as relevant yeah. today. That's it, man. As it was. The more things change, the more they remain the same. Absolutely. From 1993, uh, this was the day Aerosmith went to number one. Uh, the album was Get a Grip, Crazy, and Living on the Edge were the title cuts. Um, and 93, <laughs> Living on the Edge, the world's yeah, gone crazy. Hello. Yeah. Something wrong with the way that's a great opening line. You know, Something wrong with the world today. Yeah, that's it. For sure. And that was 93. Mm. It's like, wow, almost 30 years ago. <laughs> it's quite a prediction. Yep. Yeah. All right, Steve. Right there. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So. Not the kind of staying power we want. Wow. It's good, still a good song. Oh, it is. Yes, yep. absolutely. Good song. We just wish it weren't so true. Well, I know. <laughs> I know. Sad but true. 8.06 is the time. Yeah. And, well, the snow cool. that we had yesterday. <laughs> Quite a different morning yeah. driving in this morning yep. than uh, than we were facing yesterday. Yep, all gone. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as chilly. Yep. So it's, it's okay. We're getting there. We, we are getting there. So, um, oh gosh, a bunch of things uh, this morning. Um, first of all, I want to admonish someone this morning. Why do I get really nervous when you do that? Is it me? Am I in trouble? No, 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 I said I want to admonish someone. Yeah. I would say you. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, It's my way of trying to take the high road and not say you scum-sucking a little weenie. Oh, good. As long as you don't say that. I wasn't going to do that. No. I wasn't going to do that. Perfect. All right. Manchester police say a military plaque that was located at the corner of Mammoth Road and Massabesic Street is missing. Mm. Yeah, I know. The plaque disappeared sometime last week. It reads... Sergeant Robert W. Lewis, born May 6, 1922, died November 2nd, 1942, Lakeland, Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. The missing plaque is one of several military plaques posted around the city meant to honor citizens who lost their lives in service to the country. Put the damn thing back. Yeah. Okay? Wow. And so me being who I am, uh, I said, okay, um, who, who was Robert Lewis? Mm. All right. Um, well, apparently, um, the military square was added in Manchester following World War II. Uh, it was passed on uh, 16 November 1947, signed by Mayor Joseph T. Benoit. And it said the square located where Massabesic Street, Hayward Street, Candia Road, and Mammoth Road all intersects be officially designated as Robert W. Lewis Square. Okay. He was the older son. Uh, Robert Lewis was the older son of... Uh, Walter and Mary Lewis, uh, born in Manchester, grew up in Hayward Street area, attended Manchester schools, uh, did four years of high school, uh, six foot tall, 164 pounds, enlisted in the U.S. Army Air Corps on uh, 2nd January 1942, assigned to 450 Bomb Squad of the 322nd Bombardment Group, which moved up from McDill for second phase combat training at Lackland Air Force Base in Florida, uh, arrived in late September. Uh, according to a newspaper article, said the names of the six victims 
in the crash of a medium bomber from the Lakeland Air Force Base near Gardner, about 10 miles from Arcadia, included that of Sergeant Robert W. Lewis of Manchester. Uh, the crash occurred on a regular training flight. Mm. So mm-hmm. it was not, he was not, not in the Pacific combat. Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but that's who this, mm. this young man was. Goodness. Yeah, I know, I know. And there's a uh, nice little, there's the, that's the, oh, the, the picture of the bronze plaque that's yeah. meant, put the damn thing back. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Enough. Uh, it's just, and, and and yes, you know I I'm uh, I gladly support our military. Yes, fine, but I'm also a history nut. Sure, this is history. Right. You know, the mayor of Manchester said that square was in honor of this young man from Manchester, uh, who gave his life uh, in in patriotic fervor. A lot of people in World War Two, yep. right out of high school, they you know joined right up. Right. And that was the thing. And, and God bless you. And put the damn plaque back. Yeah, I know this is where you're kind of hoping there is honor among thieves. Like there's a certain code. Like, <sighs> okay, even in your thievery, can't you have respect for something I, like I, that? I know, yeah. I know. It's just, that's that's low. Mm-hmm. What, what, do you think you're going to sell it? I know. You know? What, what possibly are yeah, you going to do with I, it? It's just, yeah. um, so I, I really hope that somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know, will say, you know, just, just, Leave it on the. Oh, hey, we found it in a dumpster. Yeah, right, whatever. Exactly. I don't whatever care. It is. Just yep. put the thing back. Yep. Yep. That's yep. just low. Hate, yep. to, hate to see that. Yes. Um, and I, the stupidity of people just never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> um, have you ever run out of gas? I actually never have. Okay. Would you believe that? Uh, I never have. Okay. No, I I have, and it's, but. Only thing worse than running out of gas yeah. is running out of gas and going to get a gas can yeah. and coming back and finding the police there at your vehicle oh. and saying, um, <laughs> we have to search your car. Oh. And they and the woman says, no, you can't. And they said, yeah, we can. Oh, they found 229 pounds of marijuana. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, she ran out of gas and a 54-year-old woman... <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, so uh, apparently, she ran out of gas on a bridge, mm-hmm. um, and it was a Chevy Suburban, yep. abandoned in a lane of traffic, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, police responded, and they were going to tow the vehicle. And the woman returned, said, ran out of gas, sorry. Yep. They said, well, yeah, but we have to inventory the vehicle and tow it. She said, no, 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 you can't go inside. <laughs> As officers approached the vehicle, they smelled raw marijuana. Yeah. She was detained. Uh, multiple boxes of uh, duffel bags and a large sum of money found inside the vehicle. Again, 54-year-old oh, woman. Oh, my goodness. You know, um, There's yeah. so much wrong with that story. Yeah. And I guess the moral of the story and, is and, if you're going to be running drugs. And looking in the that, back oh. of the truck. <laughs> yeah, either you're moving. Yeah, yeah. She's got these moving boxes yeah. with All taped. tape. Yeah. Yeah, all the same size. Nothing suspicious there. Um, well, the very fact that she's like, no, you can't search. I mean, yeah, I if know. some officer approaches me, yeah, you can search it. Yeah. <laughs> if you find a Pop-Tart, let me know. You know, I, so, there's nothing that you can. Note to self. Yeah. If you run out of gas, don't have 229 pounds of marijuana in the back of your SUV. Or conversely, uh-huh. if you have 229 <laughs> pounds of marijuana yeah. in the car, yeah. don't run out of gas. Yeah. Make sure you gas up first. And today is 420, which is... Uh, Marijuana lingo for light one up. Uh, law enforcement are, is saying, if you light one up and drive, 
we'll be watching you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, yeah. this is this is that whole double standard thing. Oh, it's okay. No, it's not. Yeah. yeah no, 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 no. You can't sit there and, you know, do an Alice B. Toklas thing and just... That's never mind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the, the blank look yeah, on my that's, face that's told okay. you no, I no, have no, no. no idea. They know what, what I'm talking is. about. Okay, you know, good. You, good. You never saw Young Frankenstein, so forget it. Um, <laughs> that so, puts me in a whole it really does. different class. It explains of, yes. so much. Okay. God. 813 <laughs> is the time. We're going to take a break. Back on the other side. said enough thank you michael <laughs> stipe from rem uh i haven't thought of rem in a while 818 is the time and uh, not a bad day today a little blustery out there but uh turkey hunting coming up this weekend for uh youth uh the new hampshire spring turkey season opens march excuse me may 1st and runs through uh the end of may but it's traditionally the weekend before the opening weekend belongs to the youngsters and i wanted to uh, get somebody who knows a lot more about turkey hunting than i do on the phone with us this morning to uh, kind of encourage the kids and the uh, the older adults that are taking the kids out mentoring them with us this morning uh, out of shelburne massachusetts uh he is a uh, quaker boy pro staff member joe judd is with us hey joe how are you i'm good peter how are you great so you're not in you're not in mass today huh I'm not in Mass today. I'm sitting in my truck on a ridge in Illinois. <laughs> what, what are you hunting in Illinois? I'm hunting wild turkeys this morning. As a matter of fact, I was just telling Jeannie that I raced back to my truck to get here in time to uh, not miss my deadline because, Peter, I would never want to let you down. I, no, I appreciate <laughs> that, guy. Joe. Are you angling for my job, <laughs> Joe? <laughs> I might just be. <laughs> so, it's been pretty tough out here. It's been really cold, and we had snow the first day, so I hope I hope the kids in New Hampshire have a much better day than what we've had out here so far. So uh, what do you, uh, is it eastern turkey, or uh, what's the, the variety of turkeys out there? Yeah, Illinois is eastern wild turkeys. Okay. And uh, been out here for about six days now. You have to go sort of from zone to zone. Uh, uh, in regards to staying within the seasons, because it's a it's a big state out here, and they break it up a little differently than at home. Um, so we leave it in the north zone, and uh, I love to head down to the south zone. But but tomorrow's our last day, and then we're heading back to New England. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, but it's been pretty pretty bad weather for us, and uh, we're not complaining though, because tomorrow's going to be a great day, and. If we don't do it today, we'll do it tomorrow. No, oh, there you go. Have you done the Grand Slam? Have you gotten the Miriams and the Rio and the Osceola and, you know, that whole thing? I, I have. I, I did that. Uh, I've actually done that three times. And, wow. um, and you know, it's funny, too, because I hear people talk about that. But the real, the real issue with the Grand Slam is you have to do them all in the same year. Ah, and okay. for, for a guy like myself, I never would have been able to do that if I hadn't gotten involved with Quaker Boy. And 
because we do a lot of uh, a, lot, a lot of video work, a lot of filming, especially back in the '80s and '90s when Dick Kirby was still was still with us. And uh, so I had a chance to travel around with uh, with them um, in different parts of the country, and a few times it just worked out to where. Um, I mean, the first couple times I did it, I wasn't even aware too much of what it was. I mean, that was a long time ago. Wow. Yeah, you've been um, with Quaker Boy for what, 30 years? Yeah, over 30 years now. Wow. Here, yep, over 30 years now, yep. And I'm out here with some of the guys right now. We're actually doing some uh, some doing some reconnaissance work out here, too, for for a possible um, video footage for next year, and which might even happen later in this year to... You know, to just sort of, we may be back here later this year to do some, to do some filming just to, uh, just to get some stuff in the hopper for next year. Wow, not sure yet. Wow. All right. So, so this 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 coming weekend is uh, uh, turkey hunting for the kids uh, and adults. You know, you can go out with your uh, son, daughter, grandchild, whatever, but you can't carry a firearm. You can't, you know, you can't assist in the taking. That's all up to them. So what's what's a good call? What should they do? Uh, to uh, are we doing decoys? Are we uh, uh, calling? What calls? But I tell you what, Peter. It's you know some of the best turkey hunters in this country now come from New England, and the reason why I say that is because in 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 New England over the decades now that we've been hunting turkeys, New England hunters have learned one really important thing, and that's patience. I mean, patience is huge when it comes to turkey hunting. And, you know, I, I, I meet people from other parts of the country, and I've actually had people hunt with me in Massachusetts and Vermont uh, from other parts of the country, and you know, they get all angst up if there's snow or if we're not hearing 15 turkeys every morning, uh, which is just not the way in New England. But they, they don't have the – I mean, they're good hunters. Don't get me wrong. But they, they lack a certain degree of patience <clears throat> because – there's so many turkeys where they live in comparison to where we live. Yeah. So I think I think patience is a great virtue, and I, I think this is a great opportunity for youngsters. And if I was hunting with a youngster this morning, I'm sorry, not this morning, on, on Saturday morning, yeah, I'd be using, I'd definitely be using an early set of decoys, uh, which means you want to, if you can, you probably want to use a little more aggressive jake, because early on there's a lot of competition, and then as the season wears on, you probably change that aggressive Jake decoy to more of a passive decoy, you know, with a hen set up. A feeding hen decoy is a great, great advantage uh, with a with a, with, a, with an aggressive uh, Jake near her, you know, mm-hmm. early in the season. There's just a lot of competition, and you know, I would be I'd be using soft calls, probably a a mouth call or um, you know a box call. Uh, box calls are great and. Uh, especially for youngsters because oftentimes they haven't had a chance to, to learn how to use a diaphragm yet, a, a mouth call. Even though today, I tell you, a lot of the kids that I've met over the, over the, over the past decades, they, don't, they know more about uh, mouth calls than the first year or two of, of turkey hunting that I knew in the first 10 years. Wow, so, wow. Now, now yeah. uh, you know what the weather was like here in March. Um, <clears throat> I, was seeing, I was seeing birds in full strut in, in mid-March. So that that told me that if they and they were fanning, they were chasing the girls around. I'm saying, well, wait a minute, are the girls going to be going to nest here soon? And is that going to change the uh, change the dynamics in the woods? 
Well, you know, Peter, before I left Shelburne, I was seeing the same thing because I won't. I get back on uh, Saturday, so I won't have. A, I have to go to a banquet that night. I won't have a lot of time to scout, so I was doing it before I left. I've been noticing the same thing. There's there's just so many turkeys right now, so many gobblers, and that just makes the competition even even greater in these early early days of the seasons. And yeah, the hens, you know, uh, I mean, the, the toms can do everything they want. They can strut, they can pirouette, they can look handsome as can be. But until those hens are ready, it doesn't mean anything until that hen is ready. They they're only they only come into their time for a short period. And if they aren't bred during that period, Peter, they lose, you know, they're going to go barren. Mm. So it's a frantic, it's, it's you know, if, if turkey hunting was in March, Peter and Jeannie, they would call it March Madness. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're right. It's a frenzy. It's a frenzy of of, uh, of, uh, of hens and gobblers coming together. And, yeah, I would expect a lot of, a lot of hens have already been bred. Pete, that would be my prediction that a lot of hens have already been bred and the, and the, as you point out the the thing that people don't get is um turkeys do things on their schedule uh just because you're sitting there uh doing a call the tom is like no 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 i'm over here girls you come to me the, the tom doesn't That's necessarily right. want to go to the hen so you can call all you want but again what joe's saying patience Oh yeah, man. That's where patience comes in, and what you really got to—that's a—that's a great point, Peter. Have you been turkey hunting for a while yourself? Oh yeah. <laughs> that's a great point. I mean, I mean, I mean. Here's the thing, you know, when you call a hen to you, what you're actually doing is what you just said. You're reversing what nature had intended. Yep. Nature's way is that when when that gobbler's out there doing his thing, what he's saying is, "Here I am. You come to me." But that isn't the way it works. Those hens aren't going to do anything until they're until they're ready. So that's like a reversal of nature when you call a hen to you, and that's where patience becomes so great. Uh, it's just it's so important. The, the only and when I haven't been able to move them, the one thing that's always worked for me, and and I hate using it, and I and I probably shouldn't say it, um, a shock gobble. Well, I mean that's. Here's my rule of thumb on that, Peter, and you're absolutely right. It does work. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, a, a, yeah, a shot gobbler sounds so realistic. And and the problem is, like these young hunters on Youth Day, they won't probably have the problem of other hunters around them. At least, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but the chances of that are much less than when opening day on Monday comes, and you and I are. Oh yeah, there. yeah. No, the so only the only time I've that, I've ever used it is when I am pretty sure, uh, because I was in there before before sunrise. There's nobody. I'm not hearing anybody around. Uh, no cars. No nothing. Uh, I'm pretty yeah. pretty sure I'm alone. Yeah, I mean you've got it. You've almost got to be alone because it's just just it's just too risky. The only time I use a shock gobbler anymore is in the evenings when I'm roosting. Mm. Um, unless I'm unless I'm on a gated in a gated. In, in a gated area that I know that I won't leave in there, like, like you say, and if things are really rough mid-morning, I might pull a shock gobbler out just to see if I can strike something, you know? Just see if I can get a gobbler to answer me. Yep. All right. Um, but, hey, hang on, Joe. Go, go ahead, Jim. All right, I got to ask. So as someone yep. who does not know turkey hunting, first question, are you guys saying shot 
S H O T gobbler or is it shock? Shock. Shock gobbler. Shock. Why is this so controversial? So what is this thing and why is this a big deal? What are we talking you wanna, about? You want to you want me to answer that, Peter, or do you want to answer it? No, go you, Joe. You're the pro. All right. So shock gobbling, Jeannie, is there's something in a turkey's metabolism, and I can't get that deep into their heads. Okay, to figure <laughs> out what it is. Yeah. But there's something in a turkey's metabolism is when, when, when they hear loud noises, they're going to gobble. And the whole idea of using calls like Peter's talking about there is you're trying to, you're trying to strike that bird so you can, you can figure out where he is, especially before you go in in the mornings or before you leave the woods at night. I mean, you can only hunt till a certain hour in every, just about every state. Some states you can go all day, but just about every state you can only hunt till a certain hour. You got to be out of the woods, but you can come back at night, and you can still try to roost these turkeys. And you want to roost them, you know, at the at the at the latest possible hour that you can do it, because they'll probably be near or in the tree that you left them, you know, when you head back home that evening. You're just trying to figure out where they are in the morning, and by using a gobble shaker or an owl hooter or a pileated woodpecker call or a goose call or anything that could just strike them in the in that silence. It'll make them gobble, and then you know where they are. It's called shock gobbling. Yeah. You're just shocking their system in the gobbling. Now, that and, makes sense. And okay. I've, I've actually, and I'm sure you've seen this, Joe, um, if you slam the car door, they will... Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So it's not just taking a turkey call or a goose call. Yeah. You slam the car door, and you know some idiot uh, say, do it quietly. They slam the thing. All of a sudden, you hear 30 yards in the woods. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. It's wow. like, oh, man. Yeah, okay. that's right. And so, why are we? We heard a guy yesterday shoot, shoot like on the next ridge over, and a turkey gobbled in front of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Why are we reluctant to use a shock gobbler? Just because it's not as sporting, no, maybe? No, or? no. Unfortunately, no, it, because people, other people, hunters, don't know it's me. They hear a gobble and they're going, "Yeah, there's a turkey over there." Oh, no, 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 no. I don't I want see. to bring you over here. I see. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, they sound so realistic, Jeannie. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, you could do it and sound like a turkey. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, okay, so patience, big, big uh, virtue going into the woods this yeah. weekend for the kids. Um, um, so how long do they sit in one spot, Joe, before, and nothing's happening, uh, decoys are out, they're, they call, and don't overcall. But, you know, you're sitting there yep. an hour, two hours, and then move to another well, spot? Now, I'm not recommending this for everyone, Peter, but I've actually sat in a spot from, like, dawn until 11.30 in the morning, and half, a half hour before the end of the season, and I, I killed a turkey on the last half hour of, of, of the morning. I'm not recommending that for everybody. You have to know what's happening yeah. when something like that, when you decide to do something like that. But here's, here's the rule of thumb on that. Number number one, you have to understand where you are. You have to understand your terrain. That's why scouting is so important. If somebody told me I could take the best caller that you know or the best woodsman, I'm going to take the woodsman, Peter, because you and I probably know how to call well enough. But if we don't know where we are, if we don't know what's happening around us, if we don't know what's there, then we're kind of wasting our time. So that's number one. And number two, when you when you because you know where you are, because you know what's happening around you, because you know where those turkeys are, because you heard them the night before, or you're, even if you don't hear them, you know, don't let your mind play tricks on you. You know they're there, mm -hmm. even if you didn't roost them. So, so for me, the rule of thumb is 
you know, you, you start it off soft, quiet in the mornings, you know, you don't hear lots of loud rocking noise in the morning except for, you know, ends. Once in a while you do, but, but normally, you know, in the, in the springtime, you're hearing that gobbler going off and, you know, you hear that quiet, soft tree calling of hens waking up, and that's how you want to start it. And the rule of thumb is that stay put for as long as you can. Okay. Don't, I mean, I mean, don't, if, if you can do it, stay put for as long as you can. Right. And when you do move on a turkey, if you decide to move, don't move toward where you last saw that turkey. Get up and back out of there. Go the opposite direction, then use the perimeters. Softly, you know, move quietly and carefully, calling every once in a while as you go. You know, because patience is the virtue. You can't just leave, because I guarantee you, if that bird walks away from you, he won't forget where you are. And it's not because of you he walks away from you. It's because he's going to do his turkey thing. I mean, what's that? I mean, it's either going to feed or going to find some hens to hang out with or whatever, but he's not going to forget you. Yep, no, that's true. What are you, uh, what are you carrying for a shotgun? Oh, well, I, I just switched recently, and I'm just dying to use it this morning. And, well, I've been dying to use, you know, all, all, everyone I have here. I just changed to a 20-gauge, uh, a uh, 3-inch uh, Magnum uh, Remington uh, uh, Express fully camo uh, compact. And uh, I've, I'm using uh, TSS number 7s, uh, those TSS federal loads. Yep. It's just, it's just amazing what those TSS loads would do. I've never hunted turkeys with a 20-gauge before. Um, so I'm excited to see what this will do. But I've patterned this gun continually for the last three weeks, and it's amazing at 40 yards what these TSS loads will do. Hmm. Um, 30 yards is even better. But uh, so I'm excited about using that gun. Up up to now, Peter, I've, I've used a 12 gauge. So you know, right along. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what I figured. Yeah. Um, all right. Yep. Well, look. Um, good luck. You got today and tomorrow. Uh, out there in Illinois. Yep. Uh, let yep. me know, let me know how you uh, let, let me know how you fare. If I if there's anything that happens that's good, I'll send you some pictures. Sounds like a plan. I appreciate the time, Joe. Hey, thanks, guys, so much. All right. Good <laughs> luck. Okay. See ya. Hey, good luck this season. You bet. Thanks, Joe Judd, uh, Quaker Boy Pro Staff. And if you turkey hunt, you know Quaker Boy. I mean, worldwide uh, worldwide product and. Uh, uh, Joe's been with them 30 years. He's uh, was inducted in the New England Turkey Hunting Hall of Fame um, a little over two years ago. So, yeah. So he's uh, um, he's he's done TV shows. Uh, he's a, a much sought after speaker at uh, outdoor uh, venues. Um, he does outdoor columns. He does TV shows. Oh, you heard they're out there scouting and shooting B-roll footage for background shots for him. That's amazing because he's got all those qualifications, yet he um, talks very conversationally and just boils it down to, okay, he had no problem explaining things to me that, you know, it's super interesting once you get into it. It doesn't doesn't serve any purpose if you're talking techno-ease. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, I'm, okay, I'm a hunter. Yeah. If you start talking to me about ballistics... (laughs) You know, yeah. I, I'm not yeah. a bullet, but there are guys that love sure. ballistics. Sure. Okay, the, now, the, the drop at 100 yards, the drop at 200 yards. So you've got a, your point of uh, aim is like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fine. I'll figure that out. But I don't care about that. Yeah. You know? Um, and Joe is one of those people that's just simple. Yeah, and, that's uh, very interesting. So, now, I, I've known Joe for a bunch of years and uh, great guy. Nice. And again, 
just sitting in a pickup truck in Illinois. <laughs> I love the show. it. I love it. Huh? Yes. We get everywhere. We do. <laughs> and of course, why wouldn't he call in? I love it. 837, <laughs> taking a break. Back with more. Well, I bless my soul, but what's wrong with me? I'm itching like a man on a fuzzy tree. My friends say I'm acting wild as a bug. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my hand is shaking and my knees are weak. I can't seem to stand on my own two feet. Who do you think of when you have such luck? I'm in love. I'm all shook up. The number one song from 1957. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All shook up. Yeah. yeah eight weeks. Right. Eight weeks is number one. Wow. Yeah. Hey, everybody loved Elvis. <laughs> 8.41 is the time. Uh, Bill, man, he's, I don't know, he has way too much time on his hands. Sending me these cartoons. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Um, somebody has a uh, book cover. Remember, you get the book covers, um, and if you didn't have good ones, your mom would make uh, take the uh, paper paper bags. bag. No, yeah. we'd make them. Yeah, and it was like when you got to you a made certain point, oh, no. yes, my mother made mine. Of course, she did. Hello. I bet she did your laundry too. Oh, damn no, when we did. got to a certain point, you were cool if you had the brown paper bag ones, yeah. and then you start drawing on yeah. and writing on them. No, I expert at making those. Those are uh, awesome. This, this is a book cover. Yeah. It says, I'm glad I learned about parallelograms in high school math instead of how to do my taxes. It comes in so handy during parallelogram season. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, all I right. get it. I get it. Uh, here's another one. You drop something when you were younger, you just pick it up. When you're older and you drop something, you stare at it for a bit, contemplating if you yes. really need it anymore. <laughs> I was just going to say you evaluate. Like, I don't know. How important is that? Is anybody? Yeah. When you're dead, you don't know you're dead. The pain is only felt by others. The same thing happens when you're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I get that. Oh, that's true. One way to find out if you're old is to fall down in front of a lot of people. If they laugh, you're still young. If they panic and start running to you, you're old. Yes. Yes. Try to remember the greener grass across the fence may be due to a septic tank issue. Yeah. Yeah. Irma Bombeck. Yep. Uh, When I grow up, I'd like to be a retired lottery winner. (laughs) (laughs) If your eyes hurt after you drink coffee, remember to take the spoon out of the cup. (laughs) Well, you know. I'd like to say that's really stupid. Well. It's actually a good cautionary tale. Yep. 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 Um, (laughs) Oh, gosh. um, Thank you. Yes. Um, Yes. Instead of a a sign that says, do not disturb, I need one that says, already disturbed, proceed with caution. Oh, that is for sure. I li- you I like need that. a t- like T-shirt that, that says yeah, that like to that warn one. others. Yes. Yep. yep. Yes. Uh, the main function of the little toe on your foot mm-hmm. is to make sure that all the furniture in the house is in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Especially at three in the morning. And if you're paying three dollars for a bottle of smart water, mm-hmm. it ain't working. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> just saying. Oh, yep. nice. Yep. Very nicely done. I think he just sends me these things. <laughs> Unsolicited is what you're saying. I finally did it. I bought a new pair of shoes with memory foam insoles. No more forgetting why I walked into the kitchen. <laughs> now, if that actually worked, they would be flying. Oh off man, the no shelf. kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Oh lord. <laughs> uh, he sends me these. It's just like, oh. and he sit there and going, yeah, I get, oh yeah, yeah, I get that one. <laughs> Ouch, that hurts. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Brickstorm, uh, this guy's sitting there, and uh, he's got a hole in his window. It says, Brickstorm through your window? Call Al's Glass, 555 <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Shilling it's for business. It's printed on, yeah, the, yeah, on the brick. Yep. Yep. Nice job. Love it. Oh, Lord. Um, I've got Jess coming up, Panic or Find we the Country do. Store, yep. and uh, Fugitive of the Week. Yes. Um, you can probably go to... Uh, WNTK, our Facebook page, and eyeball the Fugitive of the Week, mm-hmm. and Jeff will uh, fill us in on any captures that they have. So we'll be doing that, but right now we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more. Tico, what happened? Um, but yeah, he went out solo and did that uh, for the movie uh, Young Guns 2, uh, Blaze of Glory, Emilio Estevez and the crowd. Uh, great, great flick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, back when MTV did music, music videos. videos? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, like you've got. No, your mic flag. Oh, my mic flag. Yeah, okay. I'm look, looking around. Where? Where do I have a music video? Uh, 8.50 is the time, 10 to the west of 9 o'clock. I started to do this the other day. And, and oh, look, something shiny. Um, <laughs> exactly. Hey, I admit it. Yeah. Um, but uh, WMUR ha- had this up on their uh, site, and I did not know this. Um, um, it had to do with the Titanic, and there were actually some passengers on the Titanic on their way to New Hampshire. And I've got oodles of books uh, on on the Titanic. And I did not know that. Mm. And I said, well, that's kind of cool. Uh, and they only showcased five. Now, whether those are the only five, I don't know. But um, I just thought it was kind of interesting because we think of it as huge maritime disaster. Sure. Um, they actually didn't have enough lifeboats, but they had more lifeboats than they were required to have. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but by, by the um, standards... They had enough lifeboats, but by the number of people, woefully so inadequate. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, Emilio Elario Giuseppe Portaluppi was an Italian immigrant. No, who I lived was in, say he was from Sweden. Yeah, right. <laughs> who lived in Milford, New Hampshire? Okay. Uh, he was born in Italy in October 1881. He was a stonemason hmm. who was returning to the Grand Estate after visiting family in his home country. He boarded the Titanic in Cherbourg. Uh, Portaluppi swam for two hours. And was picked up by a lifeboat after the, the Titanic went down. An article on the front page of the Milford Cabinet welcomed him uh, home, in his safe homecoming. Uh, he died um, in June of 1974. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Elizabeth Lindsay Lines, L-I-N-E-S, was born in New Jersey, 1861. She was married to the president and medical director of the New York Life Insurance Company. 
They were frequent travelers across the Atlantic. Elizabeth and her daughter, Mary Conover, boarded the Titanic in Southampton as first-class passengers to head to Dartmouth College for the graduation of Elizabeth's son, Howard Burchard. Elizabeth and Mary were rescued in lifeboat number nine. Elizabeth died November 1942 in Massachusetts. Wow. Yep. Uh, Mary Conover Lines, okay, the daughter, mm-hmm. uh, she was born in Mount Vernon, New York. She was on her way to Dartmouth for her brother's graduation. Sure. Bah, bah, bah. Yep. They eventually did manage to arrive at Dartmouth College and then returned to Paris. Mary, the daughter, died in Massachusetts November 1975. Wow. Yep. Uh, Richard James Sleeman was born in Landrake, England, December 1876. The journeyman carpenter boarded the Titanic at Southampton traveling second class. He was most likely traveling to Nashua, where he had relatives. He was lost in the sinking of the Titanic, and his body, if recovered, was never identified, according to the Encyclopedia Titanica. And uh, Colonel Archibald Gracie IV was born in Mobile, Alabama, January 1859, resident of Washington, D.C. and New York City, a member of the wealthy Gracie family of New York State, and a writer. Although he was not traveling to New Hampshire on the Titanic, he was a graduate of St. Paul's School in Concord. Wow. He stayed on the boat until the ship sank, swam to the surface, and climbed into a lifeboat. He was the third survivor to die in December 1912 due to complications from diabetes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, a little, a little history. Yeah, you that's kind of interesting. But, yeah. but now you think about uh, Emilio and Elizabeth and Mary um, that survived. And he uh, he died in June of seventy four. Uh, the mother uh, died in December forty two in Massachusetts, and the daughter November uh, nineteen seventy five. You know they they had that history. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just um, and I always used to marvel at my my uh, grandmother, uh, my grandmother, my great grandmother, and I would think the stuff that they saw. Yes. You know, I mean, it was the one-room schoolhouse. It was the trains. Right. Uh, there were no airplanes. There were no radios. There was no nothing. And all the stuff they saw in their lifetime, it's just, you know, what we think is technological advances, mm-hmm. you know, with chips and, and computers and phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from where they came from, it's like, whoa. In their primary sources. I mean, and that's what's so tragic is that as we're losing them, we, you know, they've got these stories, but to them, they they lived it. So they're not thinking as much of it as stories, you yeah. know, and just as you said, those advanced, the folks from the Titanic, I mean, what a treasure of information oh, yeah. that is. Yeah. But you're right. Everyday folks, you know, you know, I think of even my mom, you know, her life on a farm or, you know, having an icebox, you know, things like that, things that they've seen that have changed so drastically that we're not even thinking of they are the primary sources of that information that is more reliable than anything else yeah i I remember um oh gosh uh uh, back at the farm we had a um started with a black and white tv Mm -hmm. with rabbit ears sure okay and i was the remote Yes, yes, know, yes, yes. I'd get cuffed upside the head. Yeah. Turn to channel five. <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah. Get off the couch, turn to channel five. Uh, and uh, the, they sold the farm, and, and eventually I got her into uh, her own senior apartment. Mm-hmm. And it had one of those little peepholes. Yes. You know? Yeah. And she said, well, what's that? I said, so you can see who's outside the door. Yeah. Um, she was like, oh, okay. 
And I came to visit her the next day. She had a piece of tape over it. And I said, <laughs> what are you doing? She said, so, I don't want them looking at it. No, no, no. It's only it's just... one way. See, they can't see in. She's yeah. like, really? I said, yeah, no, it's okay. You can see out. They can't see in. Oh, okay. Came back to see her the next day. Tape's back Taped up. over. Yep, okay. yep. It's just, she understood. <laughs> sure. But that That's hole just, in the door yeah, was just saying just a little too something freaky. wrong there. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's not the way we do and, things. And, you know, mm-hmm. is that where I'm going to draw the line in the sand? No. And who cares? Yeah. Well, that's who it. cares. I know. You know. So I she's not going to enjoy it if you force her to, no. to untape the no, just, <laughs> the uh, people. Yeah. I know. And then I said, okay, well, look, um, got your new TV. I said, oh wow, mm-hmm. and I handed her the remote. <sighs> Ooh. Yep. Like handing a. Uh, uh, my tablet to a monkey, you know? It's like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, what, no, 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 see? One, two, enter. Okay, okay, I'll do one, five, enter. Nothing happens, there is no channel 15. Yeah. Well, how do I know that? Oh my goodness. This is gonna take a while, I can see. Well, I remember the first remote that we got when we got a TV that actually had a remote and it had just two buttons, Maybe three. I knew, I remember the two. You go channel up, channel down. Yeah. And there was maybe a volume. And every time you would press it, it would go clunk clunk. Like you could hear the actual noise of the. But there wasn't. You don't put in the numbers. It's just oh, a silver okay. button to go up, a silver button to go down. So you could navigate through all 10 channels. I remember when, when Radio Shack had the. Uh, I could turn the antenna on top of the TV and it would rotate on the house, on the roof. Really? Oh, that was cool. <laughs> Until a snowstorm blew it and then you had to get up in the snow on the uh, roof. Yeah, that was not so fun. Yeah, that's not, not good. Not so fun. I so. can see that. But yeah, you look at you look at what they experienced. Um, you know, riding riding the trains or, mm-hmm. or horseback riding or, or you know, whatever. Um, it's just, yeah, compared to where we are now, we got it easy. Oh, absolutely. We easy do. peasy, man. Yep. But, but we'll still complain. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yes. Like we have. Yeah. Yeah. My life stinks because of you. I mean, we're all victims. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we just can't can't appreciate it, I guess. Or we'll complain about the conveniences we do have. Um, are you paying any attention to Johnny Depp's uh, <laughs> Amber Heard's thing? No. I remember seeing, I was flicking through something. I saw his little name come up. And I'm like, eh, it doesn't affect me. Um, they're saying that his... Uh, testimony is a disaster, um, a disaster class in acting, uh, because he's um, apologizing, talking softly. Um, somebody in the jury sneezed and went, "Bless you." Oh, uh, yeah. my goodness! Yeah. So, yeah, that's the Johnny Depp we know and well, love. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, totally out of character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> he is apologizing uh, uh-huh. to his ex-wife for some. Okay crude comments he might have made oh yeah, he, like, he has remorse yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes he does now. Like, okay oh. all right captain jack sparrow <laughs> 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 he went to the pamela smart school oh, of remorse i guess yeah. I don't know. we'll see we'll see uh, nine o'clock news on the way we're going to be back on the other side more stuff so uh, warm up the coffee come on back
about you. <laughs> I think I'm so vain. I think yeah, this yeah, song is it's about all about vain. you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Columbia Record and Tape Club ruined that song for me. Why? I always liked Dave Clark Five. That would have been great. Oh. My mother okay. signed up for Columbia Record and Tape yeah. Club back in the day, yeah, yeah. and they sent a whole bunch of eight-track tapes. Okay. And she got um, Helen Reddy. She got, um, oh, I just lost the name. Oh, darn. Um, Someday I wouldn't like. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Along those same lines. Carpenters, which I did like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whoever it was, um, oh, Anne, somebody. Anne Murray? Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. Anne Murray, I believe, did this song. So it was really? her version of yes. And so that's what I'm hearing in my head anytime. And, and here's my sister and I. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. No. It just, Anne, Murray, as we, Anne, Murray, Anne Murray was uh, New Brunswick. She's a Canadian singer. Well, I think they still would let her do a song. That was, that was her big song. They still let her do some things. Really? Yeah. She covered that one? Yeah. No, Dave Clark Five. Boom, boom. That, I don't that, know. Whatever that, he yeah. did to to be able to put one on a an eight-track tape. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. That ruined it for you, huh? <sighs> kind of. That was like my mother going out getting me Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. all I can hear is, oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I mean, it's just a little too <laughs> yeah, yeah, beboppy. Yeah. It's like Bradley's, you know, the, the music, the... Bradley's. Remember Bradley's? Wow, yeah. That was a big excursion for our family because we would go out to Bradley's. We would shop there. Yeah. And then as a reward, because Annie and I stuck through all the shopping, we'd get to go eat dinner in the Bradley's restaurant that was connected. Ooh. And at the end, I would get tapioca pudding. Wow. It was a big deal. My father would order fried clams, and every time... He would say they taste like rubber bands. They're chewy like rubber bands. Yeah. But why do you keep trying that? Wow. So there you go. How about Monkey Wars? Yeah. I don't know that we... We didn't go there that often, or we didn't have one in Keene. I don't know. Oh, that was a big I, one. I can't remember. Maybe we did. And and my parents were one of the few that didn't say Monkey Wards. Oh, yeah. It would be Montgomery. Montgomery. Montgomery Wards. Mon- I mean, you know, the original was... That one up, belly up, just after... 2000. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I don't know. Then we go grocery shopping at Grand Union. Yeah. Uh, all the, all the all stuff. All those stores that, yeah. yeah, nobody would know what you're talking about. I mean, about Hojo's. Uh, oh, that's where I'd go for birthday dinner because you got a Hojo's, free birthday yeah. dinner. Yeah, that, was a, that was a big outing. Yes, it was. Um, and what was the, the, the uh, down in Mass, they had a bunch of the Red Coach grills. Oh. That, that was kind we of, didn't get out that far. That, that was an upscale uh, oh. Hojo's. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That's where you'd go. That's on, why like, we didn't Thanksgiving, go. Yeah, you know, la ti da. All right. Yeah, I see how it but, is. But uh, yeah, I mean, Kresge's, um, uh, the the Kmart's. Yeah, you, you sit at the Zares. counter. Zares, remember Zares? Zares, sure. Yep, Ames. Yep. <laughs> yep, but all those. I mean, yeah. I don't know, well, there was a Woolworths. Leechmere's. Leechmere. Yeah. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yep. Leechmere's. Yeah. Um, yep. Jordan's, Jordan Marsh. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. I mean, that was a big deal. Yeah. But look at all that stuff that changed. Oh, I know. When when you get the uh, <laughs> you get the Sears catalog. Yeah. They had houses in the Sears catalog. Yes, for sure. Like, wow. And the most exciting thing was around Christmas time, the Sears catalog, the wish book, the yeah, Sears wish yeah, book. Yeah. And Annie and I would sit there with our pens, circle things, and write our name beside it. That's what we wanted. Yeah. No, we'd put them in the outhouse. Um, well, you had an outhouse? Yeah, in the barn. It was an old farm. 
that you actually used? You didn't have indoor? No, we had indoor. Oh. <laughs> but me being a contrarian. Yes, okay. That <laughs> makes more sense. Yep, yeah, I yep, gotcha. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I never made fun of indoor plumbing once you go outside. So, yep, okay, it's yeah, cold out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes, I appreciate that. Yes, you do. Got it. So it's, uh, I came, adopted that school of thought. I see. So it worked see. out pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, look at, look at what we grew up with. I know it. And, All the changes you know, there. Yeah. And now look at. Our, our kids' kids, mm-hmm. everything's handed. Oh, it's, yeah. it's on the phone. Just, just right, wave, right your, at wave your phone, yeah. you know, and it's like, wow. Yep. Oh. I know. Well, there's, you know, like, you know, you guys should know how to look things up at the library, how to find a book, whatever. Why? We used to go out. I, I This was a big deal. Uh, we had a bike gang. Uh, you had a bike gang? Yeah. Like a bicycle gang. Oh, yeah. Bicycle, a bicycle gang. Banana seats, you know. <laughs> <laughs> little basket ring, ring, ring. yeah 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 okay three rings means you're in trouble but you're going down what we would do is yeah. we would go out and collect bottles <laughs> so we yeah. turn the bottles in and get deposit yeah yeah that's I how we get our money yeah, yeah baby and to so fund your gang activities that was our gang activity yep <laughs> and you're in the ching, 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 ching. Yep, yep yep and then we had a stock club a what stock club like they're purchasing stocks? There you go. Stop it. Swear to God. As a kid. As a kid. <laughs> your little bike gang. Yep. Your bike gang. Yep. You weren't just a bunch of kids hanging out on the street riding no. bikes. No. Drawing little city streets in chalk. No. You were a bike gang. Yeah. Bicycle gang. And we were. And you bought stocks. <laughs> and we bought stocks. <laughs> that is nefarious activity right there. You know? How do you think a man like me gets to be a man like me, Jeannie? <laughs> well, Nine twelve. So many pieces. Is the time. Oh, we'll take a contribute. break. Back on the other side. <laughs> Another supper from a sack. A ninety-nine cent heart attack. I got a pound and hit and an aching back. And the camel's buried in a big straw stack. I'm gonna live where the green grass grows. Watch my corn pop up in rows. Every night be tucked in close to you. Nine seventeen is the time. Uh, by the way, Red Sox doubled up on the Toronto Blue Jays yesterday at friendly Fenway Park. Yay, one two to one. Uh, game two uh, tonight, seven ten. Uh, at Fenway Park, and uh, they've got a three-game series. They'll finish up tomorrow at one thirty-five. Uh, you can hear all the action right here on WNTK, and thank you to our uh, sponsors, some of whom are ComeGetMyCar.com, Twin State Coin in West Lebanon, Lumber Barn in Bradford, G&A Auto Body in North Sutton, Loves Bedding and Furniture in Claremont, and JAS Auto Body in White River Junction. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, again, one down. Hopefully we'll sweep the Blue Jays. Uh, at home, uh, but tonight, 7-10, game time. 9-18, but we're not going to talk Red Sox now. We're going to talk outdoor stuff with Jess at the Henniker Farm and Country Store, Route 114 North in Henniker. The snow's gone. It's a different day today, Jess. It sure is. Man, oh, man. Um, but it annoyed the ticks yesterday, so I was happy about that. I hope so. I, I hope it really tick to them off. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's good. Yeah. Hopefully they stayed out and some of them died. I, I, I'm <laughs> hoping for that too. Yes, yes, right. yes. 
So uh, everybody's, you know, that that was kind of a little, uh, little speed bump yesterday. But everybody's still motivating outside. They're starting to rake. They're starting to do stuff, getting ready. Absolutely, yeah, because um, a lot of places over our way didn't didn't get snow. Uh, we got a lot of rain. So the breeze, even though it was cold and breezy, it's kind of nice to kind of help dry things up a little bit on the surface. Um, but, I mean, we it is April. We do need the rain to oh, yeah. have uh, the flowers and the grass and um, hay fields getting ready. So No, absolutely. And, and if you need any reminder, they've got that uh, brush, uh, raging fire out in Arizona. Right. Yeah, people six, have been six, evacuated. 6,000 acres or something. Rain. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Take, yep. the, take the rain. rain. Yep. 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 Any day. Yeah. Because you know, pretty soon uh, they'll start saying, oh, and by the way, things are drying up. Uh, forest fire alerts, you know. So that's going to yep. come. So take the rain while we got it. Exactly. Yep. And uh, with this rain, too, I've noticed the black flies have kind of been at bay because those should be popping out anytime, too. No, yeah. I've seen a couple of them. Yeah, yes, little yeah, buggers. Yeah, yep, yep. But you've got stuff for that. Absolutely, yeah. We carry our, our most popular, the White Mountain Insect Repellent. That's uh, right here in New Hampshire. We do that. We have the Yaw Yaw line. So we got we got options for those. Oh, now, can I put the, the, the Yaw Yaw stuff on the dogs? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, okay. I use, they have a, a product called Tick Band. Um, I use that a lot on the dogs. Really? Yeah, works really well. Because, man, I, when, the, when the deer flies come out, they love the, the the head and the nose on the dogs. They sure do, yeah. And we're just in the, we're in the process of getting a new company that's all natural. It's called Wonderside, um, and they do a lot of like rosemary and lemongrass um, and lavender sprays. They also now have a geranium bar. So if like you know you're gonna go for a hike in the woods, you can take and give if you want to give your dog a quick bath with the geranium bar. Geranium oil is a very good repellent for deer flies. Really? Huh. Yeah, they're trying to make a spray um, with it, but so we're waiting for that. Um, but meantime, we have the geranium bar. But yeah, deer flies hate the geranium essential oil. I did not so, know that. Okay. And I believe Yaya actually has their baby ban uh, is geranium oil based because that's what I use right for well what I used last year. Huh. Um, so you can use that mid meantime too. But yeah, geranium oil. Deer flies and horse flies hate it. Wow. I would mm-hmm. use it just to make the dog smell better. I mean, yeah, I, it does I smell mean, really the good. ones that you're you're describing, then she wouldn't smell like a an old Frito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no good. No. Wow. wow Make them less cuddly. That's cold. Yeah. That's cold. Cold but true. So what what that's can true. what can I plant now? So right now we have, um, actually yesterday, a bunch of beautiful pansies came in. We did get some cold crops in. We got some beautiful Gerbera daisies in, nice bright colors. We have some really nice lilac trees that came in. We have pink, which we haven't had pink in easily four or five years. It's always very hard to get. Yeah, I was super excited to get those. Um, We have some purple lilacs that are extremely fragrant that are, are blossoming. Um, we got in some Russian sage. Um, we got in a few herbs. Mm. We got in beautiful poppies and tons. I think I got a hundred poppy plants in. Uh, the yellow ones are blossoming, and all the oranges and the reds are about to bloom. We saw a lot of those. So, if, if I plant uh, the pansies and stuff, should I still be prepared to cover them if it gets cold? I believe when I was looking at the weather tonight, it's supposed to be in uh, supposed to be a low of thirty. So tonight I would, or just keep them inside. But after that, it's they should be perfectly fine. Okay, good, good, yep. good. Now, how big are the lilacs? 
Um, they're probably some of them are about knee high, some of them are waist high. Okay. So, do you like yeah, but they're. Go ahead. Do do lilacs. <laughs> I said go ahead, and then I kept talking so that you couldn't. I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to forge right ahead. Do lilacs do better if you have more than one? Like, I have one lonely lilac that I've been trying to do something with for, like, the last three years, and maybe mm-hmm. it grows half an inch. Um, do they, are they much better if you do a couple of them? I mean, they do they do better because they have more that can be pollinated between them all. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can also give them some fertilizer too, and that'll help. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Does it smell like an old Frito? Owl <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about yeah. me. Yeah. My, my dog would feel right at home. Yeah, I'm sure it would. <laughs> wow. Uh, how much are you supposed to uh, to fertilize? The, uh, um, most people will fertilize shrubs um, spring and fall are the best times to do all of that. Do you put those uh, spikes in? You can do a spike. Uh, you can do a granule. You can do, like with lilacs, you can do triple 10. Um, the 10, 10, 10 fertilizer um, you can do as well. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, so what else is shaking? Anything, anything new uh, coming in? Um, well, we have a bunch of pet stuff coming in. Um, we have a lot of uh, say garden decorations that are coming in, house decorations, cute farms, house decorations coming in. Um, a lot of our clothing is finally starting to come in. The kids' car heart just arrived, so we're just waiting for pricing on that. So have you, um, have you had to scramble because some because of the you know backups in in, in getting stuff delivered? Uh, you've had to fill and go get other stuff to compensate for what you're not getting. Kind of, sort of. We did we did more for fall because we have to order a year in advance, especially in our clothing and our footwear for all the new stuff. Yeah. So where Carhartt's not doing not doing near the amount that they normally do this fall, we've brought on a, um, a few new lines. We will have um, Ariat's full work line for men and women in this fall. We brought in another. Um, Old Ranch is the name of it for the fall because all because of car, mainly because of Carhartt mm-hmm. um, and their their availability. So we have for the fall a lot, not as much for the spring. I got you. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. You still got darn tough. Oh, you bet we do. Oh, good. Good. I love those yep, socks. Darn tough. Farm to feet. Smart wool. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, tell you, unconditional lifetime guarantee with with darn tough. Um, and I, I've I've blown out the heel after wearing uh, love them and yep you uh, fill out the form send it back bang you get a new pair of socks yeah yeah, the, uh, darn tough and uh, farm to feet both do that they're both awesome companies yeah um, but yeah you can't really beat that no you can't go wrong and it's merino mm-hmm. wool it, it, it's, I love them made right in Vermont yep. yeah yep made in Northfield Vermont yep mm-hmm. very cool yep. alright so uh, alright well yeah it's getting to be that time so uh, we'll have to come over and Oh, get the lime, get the fertilizer, get the thing, the thing, the thing. Oh, yes. Get ready. All right. Well, we'll do it. Well, how's the, how are the kids? Oh, they're doing great. Growing too fast as normal. And they're, they're, they're all healthy? Life's good? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's what we like. All right. Yep. Well, look, stay good, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. 926 is the time. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back on the other side with more right after this. 9.31 is the time, and say what, we're going to head right over to the U.S. Marshals, District of New Hampshire, Deputy U.S. Marshal Jeff White with us. Hey, Jeff. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? 
Uh, so far, so good. It's a beautiful day out here, so it's a little better than yesterday, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. Uh, so any any captures? We don't. This is going to be one of those weeks where we just do a fugitive uh, that we're featuring, and shockingly, not a, uh, a list of uh, captures and success stories this week. So well, you know, it's okay. I, I, hopefully this is just a one-week thing, and we'll get back at it next week. I'm sure you will. So who are we looking for this week? This week we're looking for Zachary Alexander Sutton. He's wanted on bail violations on a couple of charges, including second-degree assault and simple assault. This sounds like uh, something that involves uh, some children, uh, I believe a strangulation and a headbutt. He is a 29-year-old uh, white male, six foot three, 200 pounds, has brown hair, brown eyes, has a tattoo on his chest and on both of his forearms. The information we have is he's living over in Berwick, Maine, and uh, but he has ties to both Berwick and Rochester. He was last known to be working for a company that was doing uh, roofing and renovation on 11 in Maine. So definitely a cross-border area, definitely bouncing back and forth. Uh, hopefully somebody recognizes him, can give us an idea of where he's living, working, what he's driving, uh, where he might be going during the day. Uh, we just want to get him uh, in front of a judge like we always do. No, 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 understandable. Now, because it's a border issue, uh, do you, can you go in to Maine, or do you have to stop at the border and call your counterparts in Maine? That, we don't have any border issues. Uh, being U.S. Marshal, our jurisdiction's United States-wide and the territory, uh, so okay. we can go right into Maine, no problem. But uh, it is a state case, so what happens if we get him in Maine is he needs to go to state court in Maine first before he gets returned to New Hampshire. Otherwise, the best thing for him to do would be, hey, come over to Stratford County, turn yourself in, and that way you're uh, you're only dealing with one court system, one jail, and doing the right thing, we always say, uh, probably will get you the uh, better treatment and hopefully get you back out on bail. So that's what we uh, encourage, and that's what we hope Mr. Sutton does. Gotcha. Well, hey, it's happened before. It can happen again. So uh, who's the case agent? Case agent on this is one of our task force officers out of Stratford County. It's uh, Task Force Officer Langley. And you can reach out to him at our main number at 603-225-1632. Or go right on the poster. There's a couple of links. One says web tip. That'll send an anonymous email. Or text the word NHTIP followed by any information. So the phone number TIP411. We can converse back and forth on that. Uh, we don't need your name, address, phone number, anything like that. We don't need you to testify against Mr. Sutton. This is all about just tracking down Mr. Sutton, getting him back in front of the court, and uh, letting him uh, deal with his legal matters that he has. Yeah, we'll see what we can do to help you in that endeavor. I hope so, and uh, hopefully I'll have some good news for you next week, and hopefully he's on the top of the list. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Peter. All right, man. 934, Deputy U.S. Marshal Jeff White. And again, you can go to WNTK, our Facebook page, and you can eyeball Zachary Alexander Sutton. Bail violations, second-degree assault, simple assault, and highlighted violent tendencies. So not somebody you go up to, I'm sorry, you Zachary Sutton. No, no, don't, 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 be, don't be doing that, okay? Uh, and all the contact information that Jeff gave you, uh, the web tip, uh, text NH tip, the phone number, boom, right there on our Facebook page. So check it out. 934 is the time. I was looking at the Dow uh, average just before we uh, talked to uh, Jeff, and uh, Dow is up 206 points. Yay. Uh, S&P 500 up 16. NASDAQ up 287.3. Uh, gold down $10. Oil up 75 cents a barrel. Uh, right now it's at $103.31 a barrel. So, Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah gold's still... Phew. 
down $10.10, $1,948.90 an ounce. Mm. You got any? Go <laughs> and let me check my yeah, teeth. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> as some airlines and companies drop their mask mandates, mm-hmm. some schools and public transportation systems still say wear your mask. That's interesting. It, yeah, I know. It's, it's going to go that way. It is, but then you just wonder for how long. I mean, there's going to be a few stragglers before it drops off. It, you know, when we were in the height of it, and, and I was trying to kind of coach my kids through this too, one of my kids was saying, we're not ever going to, to be able to go into a store without a mask again. I'm like, of course we are. I mean, that has been the way of life for years and years. This is just a section of time, and it will eventually go back to normal. And I'm hoping that I was right. Well, and apparently... Um Okay, I'm sure this is going to sound um, counterintuitive, but the Biden administration remains at a loss in responding to a federal judge's ruling striking down the pandemic mask requirement for plane and rail travel, with the White House and various agencies struggling to devise and coordinate a legal strategy. Uh, The Justice Department said um, yesterday that it stood ready to appeal the ruling issued by a Trump-appointed federal judge in Florida, but would only do so subject to the CDC's conclusion that the order remains necessary for public health. Well, that comment was met with surprise at the Center for Disease Control, which an hour later issued its own statement that did not clearly say whether the health agency wanted the Justice Department to pursue the appeal. Right. The CDC had been reviewing whether or not to lift the mask order before the court killed it. Right, right. You know, they could have got no idea. Bad messaging. Poor coordination, mm-hmm. legal setbacks. Mm-hmm. Is, you wonder why the, the, everybody's confused. And then, and then it's a game of, well, no, you wanted that, didn't you? No, I thought you wanted that. Well, yeah. wait, which way did you want? I don't know. What way do you want this to go? Yeah, that's what it feels like. And it, uh, a former COVID response official um, for the Biden administration said, appealing the ruling from the judge carries a significant downside. He said, while it's highly tempting to appeal a dubious ruling. There's a risk in doing it. If you appeal and lose, CDC could end up powerless to take up some basic public health precautions in the event of a surge in the fall or winter. So, uh, I don't know. Do not know. Um, But yeah, muddled messages all all the time. They really are, because I feel like the whole reason that we're, you know, widely when you go into a store you no longer have to obviously if you feel more comfortable go ahead and put that mask on yep. but it's not mandated anymore because the cdc said no we, we really don't think this is necessary for large public gatherings so how is this any different i i, I just i still see some people wearing them well, like, yes okay. if you want to yep. go for it and those people may be uh, of a segment that may be highly susceptible or they may already be sick and they're thinking, okay, I need to, do, whether it's a cold or whatever, okay, I just want to be much more conscious than, than normal of uh, spreading those germs. Yep. So. No, I hear you. I hear you. So, um, I don't know. I've got, you know, I've got the mask in the truck. Yes. If, if you know, if, yep. if I need to, uh, or if I feel, you know, that, uh, is that, do I need, uh, oh, geez, I'll bring it. Right. You know, yeah. I, I, you just, I think we, yeah, we all still haven't. We're all afraid to maybe throw them all the way away. <laughs> well, that's it. You have them on you, but yeah, it's been nice not to need them. I get to the parking lot and I make it to the door. Mask must be worn. 
damn. Mm-hmm. Now you have to walk back to the yeah, apartment. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. you're the one. You know? Yeah. It, it happens. It so, does. Right. It does. Oh, golly. All right. Uh, again, uh, Red Sox uh, tonight, 7 um, seven ten. Uh, Sox and um, Toronto Blue Jays. See if we can uh, double up on it tonight. Yay. That'd be great. On News Talk 99.7 WNTK. AM 1490, FM 98.9 WUVR. Yep, yep. And tomorrow, uh, afternoon game. That'd be cool. Um, <laughs> anyway, we can sit in the yard. And sit in the yard. Sit in the yard. Sit listen the to yard the game. And listen That's to the nice. game. Yes, yeah. it is. And at what time would we be listening to the game tomorrow? One thirty-five. There we go. Ah, That's <laughs> it. Makes me so happy. I know you love that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. And we'll be back with more right after this. Steve Miller, <laughs> big old jet airliner. Uh-huh. 944 is the time. And uh, uh, a couple things. I uh, got a uh, uh, got an email from um, Kevin Smith, uh, he who was running for the U.S. Senate. And he was uh, making some comments about President Biden's visit to New Hampshire, okay. going to Portsmouth. Uh, now, again, bear in mind, um, Kevin was uh, appointed to serve as Peace Development Authority Chairman uh, in 2017, oversaw the Portsmouth Harbor in that role. Okay, so it wasn't just Peace Development, but it was also Portsmouth Harbor. And uh, in his role as PDA Chair and Londonderry Town Manager, he oversaw the three largest economic engines in the state, Manchester-Boston Regional Airport, the ports and harbors, and Portsmouth International Airport. So, apparently, um, uh, and I did not read the whole thing with uh, the president's comments, but uh, apparently he was trying to take credit for um, much of what had been done under the aegis of President Trump. The uh, uh, Piscataqua River uh, Basin dredging was originally authorized under a 1962 law. Okay, The 2018 America's Water Infrastructure Act was signed into law by President Trump while Kevin Smith was the PDA chair and revived the project. The 2020 Water Resources Development Act was signed by uh, President Trump, sped the project up further, placing a 180-day time frame to report back on progress. The Army Corps of Engineers subsequently included $18.2 million for the project in their fiscal year 2021 work plan, which was released on January 19th, 2021, still under President Trump's administration. So... In reality, um, no, um, sorry, it was done under Trump. So you can try to take credit for it unless you run into somebody that knows better. Um, like, you know, Kevin saying, here you go. Interesting. I'm like, okay. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. So you can, you can, mm-hmm. I'm just putting that out there. Okay. You, you can uh, take that, uh, you know, with what you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, just, you can't. You can't take anything for granted anymore. You know, somebody says, hey, this is it. Boom. 
Okay. Yeah, you got to check five different ways. Yeah, 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 find five different sources that agree, <clears throat> which is a no easy feat. Um, are you a, um, a, a martini drinker? No. Okay. Uh, apparently, um, there is a drink out there right now uh, that is very popular. Um, espresso martinis. Okay. Yeah, I know. Huh. Uh, <laughs> um, apparently, uh, it is ubiquitous, perky, delicious, trendy, <laughs> and a menace to society and personal health. Oh, okay. Yep. Is that because it's bipolar? Now, now I kind of like this. I kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Over the past year, the drink has proliferated like rats under outdoor dining sheds. <laughs> There's uh, a visual. A, yeah, isn't that great? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I kind of yeah, like that. Keep going. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> now, the, caf- the caffeinated concoction is one of three classics on the menu at two Michelin-starred restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19 bucks a pop. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nestled next to the real martini in a Manhattan. Um, okay. Uh, but, yeah, gross. Um, yeah, but apparently this thing is, um, I mean, ugh. Why are they saying it's a menace to health? Is it because, I mean, because the espresso itself. So that's giving you a super jolt yep. of caffeine. Yep. And then obviously alcohol is a sedative. So it's kind of going, you know, and it's a little bipolar there. Well, the pandemic has led to terrible sleep habits. Melatonin sales soared 42.6% in 2020. Yeah. And during the first half of that year, there were 2.77 million Google searches for insomnia. <laughs> uh, and they said, stop drinking caffeine by three o'clock in the afternoon. Alcohol is a depressant, but once it's metabolized through your liver, it affects your sleep. Um, and they said finding a doctor in New York who has something nice to say about the espresso martini <laughs> is harder than securing a reasonable two-bedroom apartment with in-unit laundry in the West Village. <laughs> I love the illustration. I do, too. I, yeah, I that's pretty were, good. Yeah. Uh, consuming multiple <laughs> shots of this espresso a day can increase your heart rate yeah. and can be the occult culprit for arterial fibrillation, anxiety, and depression. (laughs) Um, Uh, But it's trendy. Yeah, I know. And you'd look cool drinking one. Um, You know, but and coffee can improve the taste of alcohol, but, uh, you know. Oh, okay. So blend it in a drink and you're good to go. Yeah. I I don't know. They said the late night shot of espresso makes you feel like you're going to do anything. Mm. Uh, I don't know, man. Except get up in the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is, it's it's a, a thing that your body loves to do, to trick you the night before, thinking, now you're really not that tired. You're fine. Keep going. You can do these things. And especially if you're hopped up on a bunch of caffeine drinks. No, and then eventually it catches up with you right about, you know, half an hour before your alarm goes off. That's when you start to feel tired. Yeah. No, been there. And uh, you do it to yourself, yeah. Yeah, and I remember when I was younger, people say when you wake up and you feel hungover, you got to have a drink. That'll make it. That'll, and <laughs> and, and, and I actually subscribed you. to that. Yeah. I went, oh, okay. okay, makes sense. I'm sure. Ooh. <laughs> I don't think that's real. Yeah. Oh, the hair of the bear. No, yeah, it was, it was yeah. ugly. It yeah. was, <laughs> Not a way to supercharge your Not really. Probably. Not really. No. Not no. when you had to go to class. No. <laughs> Well, you could always have your bike gang come oh, and escort you. Man, oh man, um, yes, and oh golly, I remember we were doing. <laughs> oh dear, I haven't thought of this one in years. Okay, um, we are doing a. I'm working at an ad agency. Yep, we are doing a legitimate multi-million dollar pitch. Okay, uh, to a 
company. Sure. And we, we have the complete dog and pony show out there. Okay. We've got, we've got <laughs> a, a video that we shot, and we've got art radio, we've got print, we've got direct mail, all these pieces. We put a ton of work in it. Sure. And the, the, the capstone for this whole thing was the video. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, the guy who was in charge of the equipment mm-hmm. was not me. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, but he was drinking with me mm-hmm. that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. The night before a big presentation. Yeah. Okay, but, good. But, 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 yep. but, but, Just but, checking. We're, 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 we're at the hotel. Mm-hmm. We're at the hotel. So we didn't have to go anywhere. We had to walk to the but ball. But you had to do a presentation yeah, the next day. We weren't hammered. All right. Okay. Yep. But I guess he had a little more than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go running to set everything up. And uh, okay. Um, and we put in the the VHS tape player. Yep. He left it in the truck overnight. And it was cold. And the tape was in the truck, and it was cold. It would not play. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. And so here we are doing this multi-million dollar pitch. Sure, sure. And... Yeah, we're your guys. Yeah. We can do this. Yeah. We can yeah. pull rah, this rah. Wait, we can't it even can't make the presentation so run. I, I said, oh, I said gosh. no problem. I said, I got this. Yep. I got this. Oh, boy. Ran. I said, give me the tape. Give me the tape. And the, the clients are looking at me. I said, yeah. no problem. Yep. No problem. It's just, yeah, I... Walk out in the hallway, come back in about thirty seconds. Yeah, and I said, "Here you go." Shoved it in. Worth right. the I know I don't want to ask this. I know I don't want to. Shoved ask it this. under my armpit. I knew it. <laughs> now here's here's how I knew that you and my dad must know each other somehow. That's it. So my dad, <laughs> he he was, you know, he'd gone through a divorce. He had my sister still at home. So a young teenage girl, she and my cousin, he would take them, drive them to school every morning, and he would. He's cool, dad. So he's stopping off at McDonald's to get them breakfast and Annie wanted pancakes and they'd have those little packets of butter and they were always so cold hard that they'd rip up a pancake that she was trying to do well cool dad decided he was going to solve the problem for this daughter before he brought her to work stuck the butter pats under his arm warmed them right up gave them back to her everybody was good to go so same theory. There you go. Yeah. Yep. I see. You guys all went to the same school. That's of, it. Yeah. Defrosting. Excellent. <laughs> it's a little more acceptable in your scenario no. with the tape. Yeah. I'm not sure I want the butter. The butter? No. The no. Thanks, pit, Dad. Pit warmed. Thank yeah, you. Sure <laughs> You're one, really but. special. Um, if, if you are um, going to head up north uh, this summer and you're planning on going to Storyland mm-hmm. in Glen, mm-hmm. uh, note to self it's going cashless. Oh, yes. All right. They will only accept credit, debit, and prepaid cards or secure mobile payments. That's very interesting. Yeah. Guests who bring cash will be able to use the free kiosks located throughout Storyland and transfer up to $500 cash on a prepaid card, but zero cash. They said, we expect guests will experience shorter wait times at the food and retail locations thanks to the transition. I don't know. Is that why they're doing it? Or is I, I, there a shortage know. of staff? I is know it, a couple like of places, um, a couple of farm stands that um, cash only. I mean, you know, again. Right, it. cash only. But, um, but I've not heard saying, of no cash. But they're saying, no, we're, we're going uh, to accept debit cards or, or credit cards. And I'm like, but you're going to pay for that. Yeah. Uh, is it worth it? 
um, because to me, I'm buying six bucks worth of corn or I'm buying five yeah. bucks. Right. I'm not slamming that on plastic. Right. You know? Right. Um, and I know some people that just said, no, it's cash only. We don't want to go that way. But others say, we think we're losing money. But to go the other way yeah, and say you can't use cash is very unusual. Yeah. I, I, you know. So anyway, Storyland, starting May 21st, uh, Storyland and the neighboring aquarium will only accept credit, debit, and prepaid cards wow. to secure mobile payments. So. Yeah, and again, I'm trying to think, what's the advantage to the company? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, or what made them say it's not worth it to take cash. Right. That's uh, just a bizarre thought to me. Yeah. Huh. It, but maybe because Storyland, uh, and I haven't been to Storyland in, in a lot of years, mm -hmm. but, you know, is it like a Disney World ticket that, that one price gets you all the rides and all the, and I don't know. Mm -hmm. So people are not paying 200 bucks in cash. So they're saying, well, um, we really don't need it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But for the gift shops and the food places, you know, yeah. all of that kind of thing. It's usually handy to have a couple bucks. Uh, well, don't interesting. know. Very but you interesting. will be able to. Uh, you will be able to um, transfer cash to a to, to a, a card. card. Yeah, yeah that you yeah, can use. So, okay. Huh. Um, yeah, kind of odd. Yeah. Anyway, uh, at least we're uh, uh, we're giving you a heads up. That's right. So that's all. That is all. Uh, Red Sox again uh, tonight. Seven ten. Second game. Toronto Blue Jays down at Fenway Park, and uh, and then tomorrow a day game. So uh, hopefully we can start talking sweep, <laughs> and hopefully whoever the scumbag was that stole the military plaque in Manchester uh, will uh, report it. Hey, we found it. Thank right. you. That would exactly. be that would be swell if you could do that. We would appreciate that. Um, and other than that, it's just another day in paradise. Absolutely. Thank you to Jess uh, at Hanukkah Farm and Country Store, Jeff White, U.S. Marshal Service, and uh, Joe Judd from uh, Quaker Boy Pro Staff, uh, turkey hunting out in Illinois to give a few tips for those uh, youngsters who are going out on Youth Turkey Weekend this weekend, which is always the first weekend uh, before the opening of the spring turkey season in New Hampshire. So, um and if Joe gets his turkey today or tomorrow out in Illinois, um, he's going to send me a picture. I'll put, it up, put it up on our Facebook page. Yeah. So. Now, are you planning to go out turkey uh, hunting? Yeah. I, I Maybe. Yeah. The thing that drives me nuts about it is mm -hmm. the ticks. Mm. Because the thing about turkey hunting is you have to be sedentary. Okay. Turkeys can, can see like 180 degrees without moving their head. Okay. Okay. You can't move. Uh, so you're sitting there in camo. Yep. I'm sitting on the ground, and the ticks are just going, hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. And I can't swat them. You know, you can't move. So uh, you just sit there. What about mayflies or blackflies? Uh, well, I've got a, uh, a thermocell, a little mm -hmm. thermocell thing that helps keep them away. Mm. Um, but it's just, but yeah, I mean, I like being out. I love hearing the turkeys and the, yeah. you know, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Um, all right. We got got an exit song we do well let's hit the exit song all right we'll do that this thanks is for playing along song. today and uh, <laughs> we'll do it again tomorrow <laughs>